Good morning and welcome to worship this morning. I invite you to stand if you'd like to and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this day and God, thank you for a day that you've given us to, to know you and to worship you this morning. God, I pray that you would walk with us. God, I pray that you would accept our worship this morning. And uh, God, I pray that, uh, that you would just be in this place right now. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together together wonderful to me light of the world you step down into dark
Today's out of Psalm 59. I will wait for you, O you his strength, for God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense, my God of mercy.
Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Show me who you are and fill 
nothing else, nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. just want you and nothing else no nothing else nothing else will do I just want you and nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you, nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, and nothing else, and nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, and I on the ground no matter where I go. And I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got. There's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsting for the living will, only you can satisfy. Sweetness at the mercy seat, now I've tasted, it's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. Honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock. Freedom where the spirit is, bounty in the wilderness, you will always satisfy. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, and I on the ground no matter where I go. And I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands. Started flowing when you said it is done. Everything you did in And I keep looking I keep finding You keep giving Keep providing I have all that I need You are all that I need And I keep praying You keep 
keep moving. I keep praising. You keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. And I keep looking. I keep finding. You keep giving. Keep providing. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, you keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. And I have all that I need. You are all that I need. Yeah. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. Man, I'm on the ground no matter where I go. And I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan. Power in the blood, healing in your hands. Started flowing when you said it is done. Jesus, who you are is in Charles. I'm uh, here with my wife, Connie, tell you a little bit about ourselves for a moment. I want you to know I, I've been praying for your church for months. God's laid your church on my heart for months, and I've just been praying for you. I've been grateful, uh, you know, through contacts and with friendships that uh, made a connection with Ray, and we've had an opportunity to start building a friendship, and that's been really good, and it's, it's just good to be with here. I know you're a uh, uh, you're a special people, and you've got a wonderful church facility. I, when I walked in here, I said, what a wonderful place to worship. You, you've done a great job with your building, and it's just, it's just a, a pleasant, wonderful, sacred place to meet with the Lord, and I thank you for that. And thank you for your, your warmth and friendliness in, in greeting us this morning. I, my, Connie's my wife. Uh, uh, next week, we'll be married 40 years, so she's, she's the lo- love of my life. It's the 28th our anniversary. Uh, God's been really good to us. Uh, Connie works with special needs people. She uh, works one-on-one with nonverbal autistic children um, in Shawnee at, at Grove School. Uh, most, most of um, my ministry, I've uh, been a senior pastor. I've also been a hospital chaplain. I've done some uh, college and seminary teaching. You know, currently I'm working with, uh, you know, kind of preaching and working with churches in transition like, your, like yourself. I'm also uh, a part-time chaplain at Shawnee St. Anthony Church, and so that's what what we're doing, you know, we have one one son. Our son Josh is thirty. He and his wife uh, live down in Austin, Texas. Uh, she's an RN, and he's a librarian. He's a real uh, kind of a tech and book geek, geek, and that works really well, um, you know, for how how God's wired him. And and thanks thanks for the great music today too, Jesse. I love the music. It's great to have all the strings, instruments, the guitar, and the I guess that was a viola, uh, violin or viola. 
Phelan, and, um, and also uh, uh, great to see a ukulele. I haven't had a ukulele in worship ever. <laughs> I've even worshiped in Hawaii, but never had a ukulele in worship. So, so that's pretty cool. So really, really, uh, really wonderful. Well, here, we, um, I stepped up to a pulpit a couple years ago, and it was a pulpit very much like this, and they had a little plaque on it, and it said, Sir, we would see Jesus. And that's really what I, what I hope when I preach. Um, you know, I don't look like Jesus. I know that. But I, I would hope that through the exposition of God's word, through the reading of God's word, um, you would hear the words of the risen Jesus spoken to your heart today. You know, we're, we're not here to hear the preacher. You know, my words really don't matter too much. But how, how the Holy Spirit can speak through me to your hearts, that's what's really essential. And the word of God has power. And I, and I know I, uh, God's word is perfect, it's errant and infallible, and it has power to speak to our hearts and to change our lives. And so I just revere the word of God. I love my Lord Jesus, and I, I tend to be a, a verse-by-verse expository preacher. That's just really how I'm, how I'm hardwired. I did uh, PhD work in uh, New Testament studies, and I'm, just, I'm really just hardwired uh, for this. And I'm my, I, I love to preach you know, all over the Bible, but I think my, my favorite uh, ways to teach and preach is through the the life and the teachings of Jesus, and sometimes, hopefully, th- through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to, to bring some greater life applications and and some new insights into to great scriptures. And so today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter six. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter six, verses nine to fifteen. I usually like to use uh, PowerPoint and slides. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm back again, hopefully we can we can do that. But uh, this morning, we're going to do it uh, old school. Uh, with, with Bibles and without slides. Uh, would you pray with me? Uh, just pray two requests with me. Would you pray first that God would speak to your heart? And would you also pray that God would speak through me through the reading and the preaching of his word? Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being an awesome God, and we love you. And we know you're a living God, and you speak through your living word. So I pray, God, today, as uh, your word is read, as it's preached, that you would speak through me. And also, God, especially, Lord, that you'd preach to each person here. Speak to their heart. Speak to their spiritual life, Lord. Encourage them, challenge them, bless them, draw them close to you. And Lord, as we talk about prayer today, Lord, just enrich our prayer lives, deepen our prayer lives. Lord, um, help us walk closer to Jesus and know Jesus in greater ways. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people agreed. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. I like to stand to read God's Word. It's, it's a way of honoring the, the Lord Jesus. Would you do that with me, please? Uh, we're going to be uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. I tend to preach most of the time out of the ESV or the NIV. Those are two of my favorite translations. I study out of several. Uh, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be using the, the NIV. I remember as a, as a teenager and even as a, as a kid, memorizing this great passage in the King James Version. So I remember Remember that, that that's really part of part of the prayer for me, but I tend to preach out of a more modern language uh, translation. So uh, th- these are the words of Jesus, verse 9 of Matthew 6. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then Jesus adds to the 
to the, the prayer, some explanation in verses 14 to 15. He says, For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people when their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. Uh, please be seated. Did you know that the God of the universe, the God we worship, has been given a fax number? I'm not kidding, kidding. this is a true story. Uh, According to the New Yorker magazine, the Israeli government's telephone company, Bezek, has provided a special telephone line so that people can fax their telephone requests, prayer requests, to God. And for no extra charge, the, the prayer requests that are on paper for the fax... Uh, they're, they're folded up into a, a, a small fold, and they're taken to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. That's one of the most sacred places in the world, and there are cracks between the stone in, in, the, in the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, and the prayer requests are stuck into these cracks. And when I've been to the Holy Land, I've, I put my prayer request uh, that way. And, and then the, the the prayer requests are put into the cracks on the wall for a reason. There's been a, a centuries-old t- tradition in Jerusalem that states God will answer prayers placed into the cracks of the wailing wall. And, and faxing prayer requests to Jerusalem to put into a crack on the wall, it's, it seems a little extreme, perhaps. But it re, it's a great reminder to you and me that, that all of us, all people, even people that don't know Christ, we have this inner longing, this deep longing to connect with God, to, to be with God, to, for God to interact with our lives and bless our lives and for God to answer our prayers. And we pray for all sorts of reasons. We, we pray because we need God's blessings. We pray because we're in a, we're a desperate situation. You know, cancer hits our life or another disease hits a, a loved one and we pray in desperation. We want God's help. We, we want God's healing. We pray because we, we need the voice of God in our life. As he speaks in the quietness of our hearts, we, we need his direction. We need to sense his presence in our lives. We pray because we need God's forgiveness on a daily basis. And if we're honest, we have to admit that sometimes we struggle in our prayer. Sometimes we get so busy in a day that we don't really pray or we squeeze a little prayer in uh, when it's convenient between cell calls or between work or between technology. Uh, sometimes prayer is hard work. We we don't always know how to pray. We don't always know what to pray. Sometimes we're anxious. Sometimes we're busy. Sometimes we're stressed out. And sometimes prayer is hard work for us. Some people find prayer really easy. And for, for others of us, it, it's a little bit more work. And then sometimes just we know God is with us. God's all around us. Jesus lives within our hearts. But sometimes it, it, it's a struggle to pray when we don't literally see God with our physical eyes or literally hear God with our physical ears. And there's a wonderful thing that when Jesus walked this earth, he's, he's God who took on human flesh, remaining fully God and, and, and becoming fully human at the same time. And when his followers heard him pray, when the disciples heard him pray, there was this big wow, aha moment. When they heard Jesus pray, they said, we want to pray like that. When they heard Jesus pray, they, they sensed this real intimacy that Jesus had with God. He, he talked to God like a, like a child, a son or daughter speaks to their dad. 
He, he had a way of praying in which when he walked away from prayer, there was joy and peace and hope and love just, just flowing out of his spirit. And then Jesus had this, this special power in his prayer. So he prayed and he could touch people and heal the sick. He could pray and cast demons out of people. He could pray and raise the dead. He could pray and perform miracles and feed thousands of people with a little boy's sack lunch. He, he could pray and literally control the forces of nature. Uh, the, the waves would smooth out. The, the wind would die down. And when the disciples heard Jesus pray, they said, wow, we want to be able to pray like that, don't you? <laughs> I want to be able to pray like that. Uh, we, and what they were saying is, you know, we want that intimacy that Jesus has in his prayers. We want that deep connection with God that Jesus has in his prayers. We, we want to walk away from prayer with, with strength and hope and peace. And, and we want some power in our prayers that when we pray, God really works through our prayers. And the funny thing is that the disciples who did all sorts of, you know, wonderful missions for Jesus, they never asked Jesus, how do you preach? Though the disciples preached and never had preached before, they never asked Jesus, how do you perform miracles? And the disciples did some of that. And the disciples never said, how do you share the gospel? And it seems like almost everybody struggles to share the gospel. They never asked any of those things. It seems those things were just taken for granted. But when they saw Jesus pray, they said, something's missing from our prayer life. Jesus, help us pray like you pray. And we would think, you know, prayer is just kind of a natural rhythm of the Christian life. It, it should be. Uh, that's how, how God's designed it. But sometimes, you know, prayer is hard work, and sometimes we need a little fine-tuning to our prayer life. And so when they asked Jesus, teach us to pray, he, he gave us a model prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, some, some other denominations call it the Our Father after some of the first words in this prayer. And the prayer appears two times in the Bible. The, the more familiar one for most of us is, is Matthew's version. It appears later on in Luke chapter 11. Uh, some churches that are more liturgical, they'll repeat it every single time they gather for worship. When I've, when I've done hospital ministry, our, our, uh, our services were structured a little different. We always use the Lord's Prayer in our hospital ministry services. And, I, and I, the church I grew up in before I came Southern Baptist, we always did the Lord's Prayer every week. You know, we don't tend to do that much as Baptists, but we still look at this prayer as, as a sacred prayer, as a, a way of, of modeling our own prayer life, our own prayers to God. It, it somehow contains the essential ingredients to prayer. And so let's, let's look at it a verse at a time now. We begin verse, verse 9, and, we're, and we see as we're going to look into verse 9 how radical the concepts Jesus gives us in verse 9. And Jesus tells us when we pray, uh, we address God as Father when we pray. So Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Uh, these are the key ingredients that should be in your prayer life. This is a kind of a model to follow. And Jesus tells us to pray in a way that, that was radically revolutionary. Jesus tells us to pray to our Father who's in heaven. Yeah. So many times when I see an award show on TV or when a you know, when a pro ball player has a great game and they're interviewed, they're, they're thanking the, the, the great man upstairs, like God's this heavenly grandpa or God's this heavenly Santa Claus in the sky. And, and really, that's, that's a bit sacrilegious. That's really not who God is. God, you know, we, we worship the God of the universe, not the great man upstairs. And so Jesus tells us you know, how we should pray. And he tells us to pray to, 
to our, our Father in heaven. He tells us to pray to the, to the awesome God who spoke the universe into existence. He tells us to pray to the awesome God who speaks and keeps the universe running huh, by the power of his word. He tells us to, to pray to the Father of creation who, who's working in our lives and working in our world. And what's revolutionary about this part of the prayer that we don't think twice about is Jesus said when we pray to God, we can start our prayers by addressing God as our Father. And if you look into the, the Old Testament prayers, you know, that for Jesus and, you know, the apostles, the Old Testament was their Bible. They didn't have a New Testament yet. So the Old Testament is their scriptures. And when you look at the Old Testament prayers, Nobody really prayed to our Father who's in heaven. Occasionally, the, the prophets of the Old Testament would refer to God as the Father of Israel in their, in their teaching or preaching or um, perhaps even in their prayers, addressing God that way as the, the Father uh, of Israel. But they didn't speak to God as my Father or as our Father. It seems like they, they had such reverence for God. It was hard for them to approach God with, with that kind of intimacy. And so when Jesus tells us to pray, it's, it's really revolutionary because the people were used to praying to the, to the Holy One of Israel or to the Lord God Almighty, but not as Father. There's, there, there was such reverence for God that when they were in the temple, they, they read from the original Hebrew Old Testament and God's most sacred name, the name he gave Moses at the burning bush, the Hebrew is translated as, as Yahweh. And the people had such reverence for God that when they would get to Yahweh in the Old Testament, they would never speak it out loud. Instead, they would substitute another Hebrew word, Adonai, meaning Lord. And it was because, because of the reverence they had for the most sacred name of God. They feared that if somehow they mispronounced it or, or stumbled over it, that they would be uh, doing sacrilege to, to God's most sacred name. That's, you know, in, in our culture, you know, God's name is used flippantly as a curse word. I think sometimes more than a prayer word. That the name of Jesus is so many times used flippantly as a curse word. But, it, but in Bible days, they had such reverence for God that they didn't even want to speak God's name out loud that it was so sacred. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he says, he prays to God as his father. And when his opponents looked at it and said, wow, what's, what's Jesus doing here? Is he really the son of God? Does he really have the right to address God as his father? It freaked people out. And then Jesus took it a little further uh, because he's the first person in history to address God as my father in his prayers regularly. He took it a little further, being even more radical because he tells you and me, we can Pray to God as our Father in heaven. We have that right as sons and daughters of God. We're the king's kids. So, uh, and God wants us to have that kind of relationship with him. It's, it's almost like we're, when we're praying, not only do we have this great reverence for God, it's almost like we're, we're kids that can get up into our, into our small kids who can get up into their parents' laps and wrap their arms around their dads and, and just say, I, I love you. Can, I, I want to talk to you about what's happening in my life. I, I want to talk to you about how I'm hurting today. I got to talk to you about how I'm struggling today. I want to, I want to talk to you about uh, how much I love you and how wonderful you are. I want to talk to you about how I messed up my life this week with some bad choices and I need your help. I've got this great need. Somebody I love is so sick, and I want to talk to you about that, Father. This is the kind of picture Jesus draws. 
And when Jesus speaks to, about God as, as Father, um, we have to be reminded Jesus was actually trilingual. He spoke three languages. Greek was the language of the Roman Empire, so he spoke Greek fluently. When he went to the temple, you had to know Hebrew. You read the scriptures out of Hebrew. And then the Jewish people in Jesus' day, they spoke Aramaic, which was kind of a sister Hebrew language. That, that would be the, you know, the, you know, the common tongue of the day for the Jewish people. And the, the, the Aramaic word Abba, I'm sure most of us have heard that word Abba, um, that's the word that Jesus is speaking about. That's the word that underlies Father here. And, and Abba's a special word. It's, it's the word that, that little kids, you know, toddlers and preschoolers and elementary school kids, it's the words that, that they used to speak to their dad, calling him dad or daddy. And, and that, that, honestly, that would feel really, um, it'd really feel out of place for me to pray to God as my heavenly daddy. But, but God says we can do that. It's like I've got too much. I, I call, you know, my dad's been with the Lord, I guess, since 2015. But, you know, and I call him dad. Usually dad. When I was a little kid, it was almost always daddy. Uh, and I, and I love my dad, respect my dad. Uh, but it, it's harder for me to, to think about speaking to God as daddy. But I, I feel really good about speaking to God as my heavenly father. But Jesus is saying we can have that kind of relationship with God because we're sons and daughters. God wants us to approach him with, a, with that kind of comfort. And remember, you know, we're his children. God cares for us. He loves us. He's close to us. And he wants to spend time with us. And, and we pray to God because we have a relationship with him. We're his sons. We're his daughters. He's our father. And ultimately, only those of us who know Christ as Lord and Savior, you know, have that that authority or that privilege of, of praying to God as Father. And, and prayer is relationship. You know, prayer is about spending time with God, and it doesn't always have to be speaking. You know, prayer can be listening to God. Prayer can be meditating on the Word of God. Prayer can be asking God to, to speak to our hearts and asking God to, to work in our life. And, you know, prayer is not just about making requests. You know, prayer is about you know, spending time with God and just enjoying God. I, I, I've the past several years, I've, I've, I've loved to read some of the old Christian confessions of the faith. You know, we Baptists don't do that, or some of the old catechisms. Not the, not the Catholic ones, the the Protestant ones. And 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 I love the Westminster Catechism. And catechisms are questions and answers about theology. And and the first question is, um, what's the what's the chief aim of humanity? And our chief aim, our, our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And, and prayer is about enjoying God, at least in part. And then Jesus tells us, address God as our Father, but our Father in heaven, re remembering that we worship the God of the universe. We worship an awesome God. And he tells us to address God not simply as my Father, but, but as our Father. So when we pray, we don't just pray about ourselves, we pray about other people. And about their needs, their wants, their desires, their problems. So much of the rest of the prayer is really framed in, in triads. There's like three parts to each, each point. And so as, as we move on from addressing God as Father into the, the, later in verse 9 and into verse 10, we see we, we're praising God and we're giving commitments to God as we pray. And so we see the Lord's Prayer begins with praise. So many times, you know, when, when, we're, when we're needy or when we're hurting, the first thing we do is God... 
help me. God, I've got these requests to make. And here we're, you know, we're praising God and we, we pray, hallowed be your name is that, that first praise. We, we praise the name of God. And to speak of God's name is to, to, uh, to refer to all God is, his person, his character. You all know that we don't, most of the time we don't name, we're not named and we don't name our kids names that, you know, have a certain meaning behind it. You know, we wanted to name our son a biblical name. So we, we chose Joshua, which is really the Old Testament equivalent of, of Jesus. And, but you know, my name, Charles, you know, most people don't know Charles, Charles means manly or masculine. I like that. So you've got a manly, masculine preacher today. <laughs> but, but I don't think my parents thought about that when they named me. I'm really, I'm Charles III. I was named after my granddad and my dad. And so there was honor in our family to, to be the third. And then I was chastised for naming our son Joshua and he wasn't the fourth Charles. He wasn't the fourth Charles. And, you know, my wife Connie. You know, I, I had to look up what her name meant, but, you know, her name means, means constant, you know, dependable, you know, solid as a rock, unshakable. And boy, that, that's the perfect name for my wife. She's, she's calm. She's solid. I mean, she's de- de- dependable beyond all doubt. It's just, it's like the, like the perfect name. And, but we don't usually think of that. But when, but the, the biblical people, names were sacred. Names had meaning. The, the name, God had lots of names in the Old Testament, and each name had to do with the shade of his character. And so I remember as a kid memorizing uh, the Lord's Prayer, and as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I always kind of got stuck on hallowed. What on earth does that word mean? I, you know, I think it seemed like I never, I never had the like the courage to, to ask, "What is that? What does it mean? Hallowed be your name." And you know, later on, I learned that at hallowed refers to God's holiness. Um, so we approach God as a loving Father, but we also approach Him as a as a holy, sovereign God. And holy means that that God's unique. God is distinct from all of creation. You see, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are the creator God. Uh, our triune God's the creator of God. Everything else in the universe are the creation. <laughs> Every other living being are God's creation. We're creatures. The, uh, the, the, the angels and the seraphim and the cherubim and uh, all the living creatures of heaven, they're, they're, they're all, they are all part of God's creation. Um, and so God's the creator, we're his creation. That, that makes God d- distinct from, from all of us. And, and we're distinct in so many ways. God's the creator, we're his creation. God's all-powerful and infinite, and, and we're, we're limited and, and pretty powerless at times. You know, God's perfect beyond our imagination, and we make lots of mistakes, and we're sinful and broken so many times. God's holy, we're needy humans. And as a holy God, we, we want to... We want to treat God with the highest honor. And I love it when we sing songs of praise in which we lift up the, the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of God. And so we, we praise God for his holiness when we pray. You're a holy God. You're an awesome God. We worship you. We stand in awe of you. We, we get down on our knees and close our eyes in honor of you, God. And we represent a holy God as Christians. We don't want to do anything to tarnish God's holy name. And next we pray, your, your kingdom come. You know, we, we don't, you know, the United States isn't a kingdom. We've got certain kingdoms in the world, but, you know, uh, there, there's a very huge concept running through Old and New Testament about God's kingdom. 
And for, for us today, God's kingdom refers to his, his rule, His reign on heaven and on, and on earth, and His rule and reign in, in our church, in our, in our community, in our nation, and, and His rule and reign in our lives as well. And so when we, when we pray, Your kingdom come, we're praying things like this, God, rule every area of my life so I'm walking in Your will in every area of my life. We're praying, Lord, bring, bring my spiritually lost family and friends into relationship with Jesus so they're part of your kingdom. You know, we're praying, you know, establish your reign more and more in this messy world today. We're, we're praying, Lord, use me to establish your kingdom by sharing Jesus with people who need him, who, by discipling Christians in their faith. And we're praying like Paul prayed. Paul prayed, Maranatha, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. We're praying, Jesus, return. Bring your kingdom in in all of its fullness. And next we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we're praying, <coughs> God, for your will to be done, we're implicitly acknowledging God's in control and we're not. Yeah, we got any control freaks here? <laughs> uh you may not be brave enough to raise your hand, but you can probably point at somebody else, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know how. You know, I, I, I was brought up by one of them, but I don't live with one of them. My wife is not one, but I, but I, but I know, I know what you know. Like control freaks are. We, we, all, we all want some semblance of control because you know we're in our comfort zones when we think we're in control. But when we're praying, God, Your will be done. It's a reminder: the, the world's under God's control. Not ours. God's the Lord of the universe. We're not. And friends, you know, ultimately, we don't control our lives as, as much as we think we do. You know, the, that next breath you take, that's dependent on God. That next beat of your heart, that's dependent on God. You know, I've, I've, you know, my wife's been fighting cancer for three years and just kind of recently got into remission after surgeries and radiation and two and a half years of chemotherapy. And, and, and we realized, you know, you know, her, her life is under God's control, whether he wants to preserve it or, or take, take her home to heaven. And, you know, I would tell the doctors, uh, you know, and some of her doctors were Muslim doctors, and I would tell them, I'm praying that Jesus will, will guide your, your hands and your, and, and your mind and your heart today to, so, that, so that God will do his work as you do surgery today or as you do chemotherapy today. We, you know, try, we want God to be supernaturally involved in what he's doing in our lives. But we realize we're really not in as much control as we, as we think we are. And, and so as we pray, we can say, Lord, may your will be done right now in my life as it's always done perfectly in heaven. And Lord, we can pray, uh, I want every area of my life to fall under your will. So many times we've got a decision, we've got a plan, and it's like, God, get on board, adjust what you're doing to get on board with my plan. We may not say it that explicitly, but so many times that's what we mean. And, and, and uh, I, I've always, I've, I've been convinced that God's not all that interested in my comfort zones or in my plans. He wants me to fit into his plans. I remember uh, experiencing God so many years. Henry Blackaby taught us that, to discover where God's working and join him in his work. God's not going to discover where you're messing things up and join you in messing it up. God says, uh, Discover where I'm working. Join me in my work. I'm already doing it right. Get, a, get on board with me. And now we make requests to God. You know, verses 11, 12, and 13. Uh, give us today our daily bread. Um, 
I, I, I love breads, man. Going to Olive Garden, those, those, uh, those breadsticks, that's all you need to give me. That's enough. Or, you know, we, we like to eat at our, our date night on Friday so much is at Texas Roadhouse near Moore and, you know, those big fluffy bread hot, you know, yeast rolls, man, that's a little taste of heaven. And, and I, I like whole grain breads. My peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are almost always on Dave's killer bread. That's the right name for great bread. And so, but you know, we, we, we tend to love bread. It's one of those, you know, basic things we eat in life, especially in countries that are, that are really poor and struggling. And, you know, Israel was a country that in Jesus's day, pe- people were poor. They, they worked one day at a time, got paid one day at a time, went grocery shopping one day at a time. And so when Jesus talked about bread here, it was more than just about bread. It was for the necessities of life. And so he was telling us to pray, um, depend on God every day. Ask God to bless your every day. Entrust uh, every need to God every day. You know, we worry about next week, um, next month, next year. We had a little worry in our life this past week, it's like, boy, wait a couple of days, we just didn't sleep too well because we were worried about the next day, and it ended up turning out to be this coming Wednesday, so it's like we were worrying 10 days early, <laughs> where, where Jesus is telling us, entrust every day, even, even, even our daily bread, our daily food is a little reminder that each day's food, each snack we take is a gift from God. And the prayer is not a selfish prayer, it's not give me, but it's it's give us, uh, you know, meet the needs of other people around us. Yeah. Our, our next request is forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Do you see how God sees our sin? You know, our sin is not only, you know, going against the will of God, but, but our sin is a debt that needs to be paid. And only the blood of Jesus can pay the penalty for your sin, the debt for your sin and mine. And so Jesus had to shed his blood on the cross. Our, our, our sins are a big deal because they cost Jesus Christ his life's blood. And so it, it somehow sin is a debt that is paid with Jesus's blood. And we ask for Christ's forgiveness and he forgives us. And sin has a way of just driving a wedge between us and God. And so we need to pray for forgiveness every day. Our, our thoughts, our words, our actions. If we're not loving people as God loves, loves them. If we're, not, if we're not loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and then Jesus also says there, there's somehow this connection between how God forgives us and we forgive others. So if you know, God's forgiving us, but we just say, we're not going to forgive other people. I'm, I'm too angry. I'm too hurt. I've got a grudge. I'm holding on to resentment. I'm holding on to bitterness. You know, Jesus is saying, you know, some, something's clogged up in that prayer line between you and God when you're holding on to this anger and bitterness and unforgiveness, and, and God's forgiving you. And it seems that G- Jesus isn't saying that God won't forgive our sins if we struggle with forgiveness to others. But Jesus is saying, you know, something's wrong with our prayer life. Something's wrong with our, our relationship with God when we hold on to non-forgiveness, when we hold on to resentments and bitterness. And, and sometimes you can just see it etched into people's faces, etched into their souls. I had a lady in my first church I pastored, and she always had this horrible look every moment she was at church. And her, her son was a pastor, a good friend of mine. I said, what's going on with Joe? She says, Joe is angry at her family for decades, and, and, and she's bitter. Some of them have died and gone home to heaven, and she's still angry with them, just etched into her spirit. Yeah. Yeah, non-forgiveness is a poison. 
here's the third request. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's not in God's nature to, to tempt us. That's not the point here. You know, James 1 tells us that, that God can't tempt us. You know, God, sin, temptation, evil is, is it's totally the opposite of who God is. But, but the point here is, you know, the devil tempts us. Um, we don't have to go looking for temptation. It'll come and find us. But the point is, Lord, don't allow me to give in to temptation. Keep me free from situations that tempt me to sin. And then we pray, you know, deliver us from evil. That's the old King James Version. Uh, deliver us from all kinds of evil, all kinds of temptation. Some of the, the newer translations like the NIV say, deliver us from the evil one. In other words, deliver us from Satan and, and his, his temptations. Either translation is very acceptable in the Greek. And, and I'm sure, you know, both are at the heart of what Jesus means. But we, we want to pray that we're strong in the Lord to keep us sin-free and as temptation-free as we can. Yeah. We, we used to have a 90-pound German shepherd and a great, wonderful dog. Our, our house backed up to a pretty busy street where you know, cars flew down at 40 miles an hour. And we were afraid if Elijah got out, he would, um, you know, he'd get hit by that fast-coming traffic. And so we, we had a wooden privacy fence. We lived in Texas. Everybody's got a privacy fence in Texas. It's just how they build houses there. And, and so we put an electric fence line, you know, just about six inches off the ground, the whole perimeter. And so, so he just couldn't dig out. You know, if he tried to dig out, he was going to get caught up in that electric fence. So the first day we put it in, <clears throat> he went over to one side, touched it with his nose, got stung, yelped, runs over to the other side and touches it with his nose again and, and, and yelps again. And so um, I could keep that, after he got stung a few times by that electric fence, I, I could keep it unplugged for months, even a couple of years, because he knew that if he got too close, man, he was going to get zapped in the nose. And, uh, but I think what we do sometimes is we see how close we can dance to sin without really crossing the line. But when we're seeing how close we can dance to sin, we're going to get stung and we're going to sting others too. So it's not, not seeing how close we can dance to sin, but it's how, how far we can run away from sin. You know, the, the Apostle Paul tells us to, you know, to, to flee from all evil. It's like put on your running shoes and your shorts and t-shirt and run from sin. And that, that's the point here. And we finish this great prayer with uh, three praises for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the, we, we see that, you know, when I memorize it in the King James, it was right up there in the text in the NIV and some modern translations, they put it in a footnote. And it's just a little reminder that the vast majority of the ancient manuscripts of the Bible, which are in Greek, contain these words. But there's a few of the oldest, oldest manuscripts that don't. You know, I, I believe they're, they're part of the prayer. And so I, when, I, when I memorize it, when I pray it, I always praise for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's, that, that's all about Jesus. And think about it. For yours is the kingdom, God. When we pray, we remember we're part of God's kingdom. We've got nothing to fear. God's in charge. We can have faith in God. Uh, when, we, when we praise God's power, we remember God's an all-powerful God. God's bigger than any problem you face. Um, 
Don't worry. <laughs> Trust your problems to God. Then when we praise God for his glory, God's glory is his awesome presence. Huh? We, you know, so many times when people pray for us, I remember having people praying for Connie with her cancer. It's like, Lord be with Connie. Jesus already lives in Connie's heart. You don't have to pray, Lord be with Connie. God, Jesus is with Connie. You know, we, you know, Jesus is already, you know, already there. We, we don't have to pray for Jesus to be there, but we might need to pray for an awareness that Jesus is with us or that, that, that Jesus will guide the hearts and you know, the hands of the surgeon who doesn't know Christ as Savior. And we can also be praying, Lord, I need your presence. Uh, I'm in a dark place. I need to feel your presence today. And we can also pray, Lord, um, shine your presence through me to people who need Jesus today. You know, you, know, you know, God's greatest desire is for you and me to know Jesus in a personal relationship. And, and once we know Jesus in a personal relationship, God's greatest desire is for us to just to be in relationship with him, spend time, enjoy him. Like that, like that, um, that old Westminster uh, catechism said, you know, our, 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 the, God created us to glorify him and enjoy him forever. Let's glorify him in prayer. Let's enjoy him in prayer. Uh, Jesse, would you lead us as we have a time of invitation? I'll be at the front. If you'd like to pray with me or talk with me or just come and pray at the altar, you know, we're, we're available. And we're, so let's pray as we ready our hearts. Father, we, we just bring our hearts, our needs, our relationship with you today. God, work in our lives, work in our prayer lives, work in our relationship with you. Pray for anyone that needs to just come forward and pray or make a decision today. Lord, give them the courage to do that. May your will be done in Jesus' name.
It's yeah, your no breath in our lungs. Okay, so great. we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour Oh. 